I spend my life researching and teaching people how to live a powerful life. I am a believer. I stand for the transformation of humanity. I have found my purpose. My name is Gabrielle McGee. And I am the Rebellious Therapist. So welcome to my Rebellious Therapist podcast. Season 2, Episode 4. So hi, Kira. Thank you for Hello. joining me again on how to series that we've created for ourselves to really give value into the world of letting people have something to walk away from this podcast and really apply it. And the subject today is all about money. And money is one of the hot topics, something that we really want more of. And it's a very interesting topic when I work in my with my clients that how confused or how difficult our relationship is in the emotional attachment we have to money. So we're going to explore that today, all the different sort of belief systems around money. And of course, because we're from Ireland, we're going to be looking at traditionally what we've inherited from our, our background, our social sort of conversation about money or our inherited belief around money and are also our family patterns around money that dictates, you know, how we have a relationship with money going forward. And the success is actually given by our thoughts, feelings and attitude towards it. So welcome, Kira. Thank you. Great thank you. to be here. Yeah, thank you. Um, a topic that's interesting because I've done the money seminar with you before and yes. it brought up a lot of yeah. stuff. Um, and it really is a life's work, yeah. your approach to money. Mm. Just to give you another thing to have to deal with. Uh, am I there yet? Absolutely not. No. Will I ever be there? Who knows? Yeah. But, you know, if I'm if I want to improve a certain aspect of my life, which money is up there like this year, my goal for the year is financial independence. Yeah. And yeah, so I'm looking forward to learning and working out a few things with you on this subject. Mm. It's really interesting, you know, um, it takes me back to an organization I was working with for about five years and it's all about transition and transformational seminars. They're worldwide. <clears throat> and one of the things they teach the people that work in their organization is to really have, uh, to really give up their attachment to money and have more freedom around the money they have. Mm. And it was really interesting to watch, you know, um, how people would talk about they had less, some of them had, would have less money than they had a few years before that, but had more freedom. And But that money that they did have occurred like they had a lot more. So you can imagine how complex and how confused the whole conversation is. And it's really what it's really interesting, you know, watching, you know, you know, let's let's declare money is a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And our projection onto that would be phenomenal. Like we hold it onto it, you know, we we have a relationship with it as if our life depends on it. Yeah. Now we do need money because that's what you know, that's just how the world's set up. It makes the world go round. Um but then it's like really interesting how confused and how how 
sort of uh, how we get lost in our relationship with it and then get confused and then it looks like we're always trying to follow that moment to find money to look for money we go out every it's a, every day it's one of the biggest relationships we have in our lifetime because every, every day we, day. Get up, we go we go earn money every year we we try to have more money we try to provide for our families families we try to secure our, our our life so you can see how dominant that whole world of making money occurs to us in our lifetime. For Do sure. we have freedom yeah. around it? Absolutely not. But I think we you know what we want to talk about today is the different sort of approaches people have towards money and then, you know, how do you have freedom around when you have money, when you don't have money? Because I think the attachment to the to it all is also another issue that people get locked into that attachment to having it or not having it. And then there's no freedom or no, no there's no flow there for, for you to, you know, money comes and goes. Yeah. It's a flow. Money's just an energy flow, an energy, an energy exchange. But, you know, you'll find most of the time people are clinging to it or so attach, the attachment is really tight and trying to you know, not let it go. Or other people can't find it. Those people start going to work every day, locked into getting you know, their self-worth inside of the money conversation. So it's like, what's your values? What's your thoughts? What's your feelings? How do you feel about yourself? Is a big indication of how much money you've got. Yeah, I think for sure it's great to acknowledge that even just this conversation is going to bring so much awareness and mm. kind of thought-provoking um, notions to people because it's so unconscious money. Mm. Like, it, it's so deep-rooted in that it's something we just do we have we make we use we spend but like anything else it's a relationship with it totally. and an attachment to it just like anything just like a person just like a place just yeah. like a thing just, just like, like money's just another conversation mm. that we need to bring into our conscious awareness and then with bringing it into our conscious awareness you can learn so much about yourself and maybe mm. shift and change a couple of things you're not happy with and it's interesting when you, you know, the, the key thing there is money is a conversation. Mm-hmm. Money is a conversation. That's all it is. Yeah. And then it's how we, you know, what conversation are we in with ourselves, number one, and with the world, number two, with the universe? What's that conversation we have around money? Now, I see people have conversations about money from scarcity. And then I hear people doing a lot of, manifesting around money from scarcity. So it's trying to fix and manipulate and control to have money doesn't work. Yeah. So let's kind of, because I know what the the way this podcast is going to go is like mm. our thoughts and feelings yeah. connected to the relationship with money. So let's kind of like just shoot out some words yeah. that maybe emotions or mm. that we would have towards money. So mm. I'll just say a few and then you can add on to it. Cool. So fear, mm. anxiety, mm-hmm. um, 
like not enough or too much. You mean there's not enough money or too much money? Yeah. So what what kind of would that be? Like what would what kind of emotion would that be? So that's that's a, that's a mix mix emotion, right? So first of all, the fear around money, fear of not having money, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you, that's it's coming from the scarcity conversation. There's yeah. not enough in the world. There's not enough money in the world. Yeah. There's, you know, you're not enough. That's yeah. really what's what's driving that. You know, if you think you're not enough, then how are you going to go out and earn the money? Or some people will have the opposite of, of, of that, right? Where they go out and earn loads of money because they're not enough to try and compensate yeah, because I was just going to say, what about the emotion of love? People love money. Yeah. So what? So what does what's driving that then? Well, I don't know if they love money or if they're 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 loving having the money to, so they don't have to feel insecurity. Hmm. No, there's not. There's no. I think it's really important to love money and respect money. It's not a dirty thing. But one of the, one of the things we really, you know, as a culture in Ireland, we have a really strange, strange relationship with the conversation of money, but also how we are approached to money. You know, I hear people saying they do the lottery. This is how confused it is. They do the lottery, but they also say, oh, I wouldn't like to want too much money because. <laughs> and I'm like, what's the because? <laughs> <laughs> what is the because? I'm dying to hear it, right? But then every every week they'll go and do the lottery. So you can see, and also there's there's a thing in the communities here in Ireland where money's shameful. Yeah, it's shameful to have money, but not so shameful not to have money. That's nearly that's nearly more acceptable. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a given. It's what we know. It's familiar. It's what's acceptable. Oh, we're all suffering together. Oh, you know, we're all united in who we are and hard times and all of that, you know. Yeah, scarcity. I grew up around that conversation. They're loaded. Mm. Um, this yeah, they're loaded. Rich. Exactly. They're, this person's rich. Oh, they have money. Yeah, they're lucky. Um, they're lucky. They have money. They're lucky. Yeah, yeah, they have money. They don't have to worry. Um... Yeah. Oh, so, so, it's okay for them. They can't afford it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's yeah. all that sort of victimizing sort of stuff that unconsciously, you know, we talk about, I talk a lot about, you know, we're not that far away from the famine and the scarcity mm-hmm. and the, the starving. We have never completed that as a nation for ourselves. Yeah. So all that scarcity and hard driven by and hard done by does driven from them times on you know from a collective consciousness so we just keep on inheriting the conversation it was really interesting we I spoke to, to Tommy here who's who's a producer my my podcast and he was talking about his grandfather or your or your father grandfather and his conversation about money and I'm going to Tommy about yeah but he's teaching your kids you know and that's like nearly just three generations Right, but the kids are you know they're not hearing it, but it's in the what I call the it's in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So you can see how we inherited our relationship. Number one, 
And, you know, there was time for people who had scarcity, they had no work. And then we've got this nation where we all had to emigrate to eat, to survive. So you can see how the conversation in Ireland needs to really change with the new generations and the awareness and the, the education. And hopefully, you know, as we go forward, that we will become a nation where we, we are free to have some more freedom around this, this conversation. Mm -hmm. So what would a secure like outlook on money be or mm. what does a person look like that is has a great relationship with money? Mm. Is it a I, figure in the bank account? Is it a mindset? Is it a way of life? Is it a lifestyle? Mm. I think it's choice. What I mean by that is like, you know, what my relationship with the relationship I want with money and the relationship you want with money could be completely the opposite. But if I'm choosing that relationship powerfully, sometimes for some people, money is not what drives them. For some mm -hmm. people, it is. But if that's not from a place where they're coming from scarcity or fear or insecurity or, you know, feeling that's going to empower them or give them power. If it's by choice, that choice is made, then to me, that's a very healthy relationship with, with, with money. So it's like money is just is. Oh yeah, they they don't they don't think about it, or they do think about it, or yeah, you can think about money all you want. It's, you know, it's it's actually the emotion is coming from. It's the who you're being around money is more important more important to look at rather than the conversation itself. What I mean by that is, if I'm coming from a really fearful place and trying to you know get money and to get security, then I have no freedom. You know, it's not something then that I have freedom around or have access to. You know, it's like it's has it had that there's a ladon at that point of what you can earn or what you can go out and do or what you know because you're you're so locked into. You know, I know, I know. Um, I've had conversations with millionaires saying saying to me, "Look, you know, I could have had a lot more money, but I was scared." Once I reached, you know, that 25 million point, I could have probably had a three or four times more than that. But that was his lud. That was the lud he put on. Mm. Where if some people had 25 million, they would feel like billionaires. Yeah. So you can see it's the relationship you're in rather than the amount. Does that make sense? So if I was a secure person now talking to you about money, yeah. what would I be saying? to you as a secure person so what would you be saying to me yeah now, do you understand? Like I, I want to understand the mindset of a secure like yeah but person. it's not it's not one dimension right okay no it's not black and white it's not just like yeah you know a b c d equals a secure person with money so you yeah. can be a secure person with money if you've got a thousand pound in the bank yeah 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 the guy who had 25 million wasn't a secure person. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah, so, so I guess what I'm striving for is like this term financial independence, which I learned about in the psychology of money book. And mm. it's it's a mindset or a way of living that totally. I can do whatever I want, whenever I want. Yeah. So I can wake up today and I don't have to think about 
the number in my bank account mm. in relation to anything that I can do today. And a, a good example he gave was, you know, this this person who had financial independence was a psychologist or a, a some say for example a doctor for thirty years, yeah. and then he woke up one day and he wanted to change his career. Yeah because he had reached the end of his career totally. as a doctor and he wanted to become a writer. Yeah. And the, on that day, he had the independence to be able to, the financial independence to be able to do yeah. that, to just change one morning. He didn't yeah. have to think about his family. He didn't have to think about a mortgage. He was just had a security, financial security to stop one job and start another. Yeah, and that's what see, financial independence looks like to him. Yeah, but you, that's a different conversation. Financial independence is different to your relationship with money. Even though it, it doesn't sound like it. So the doctor had enough money, right? Mm. For his independence. Yeah. But that wasn't about the number. Yeah. It was the decision he had made. Yeah, he had, he had enough money to back it up. Yeah. Right. But we're still going back to one thing, your relationship with that, your conversation about that. Yeah. Right. He, he might have been the year before, had the same amount of money, but didn't have the relationship where he's, he felt independent to stop and, and do something different. Do you get that? Not really. <laughs> Because because the question was, what does a financially secure person like say? And I that's how I want, like that's what I'm striving for is that kind of independence where I don't have to worry about how much is in my bank account every day. And that was just yes. an example of how you don't totally. have to worry. But I'm I'm also putting that question back to you. What does your financially independent number look like? Yeah, that that's personal to me. Yeah, that's a personal thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's not a it's not a, it's not a, a black and white process. Yeah, it's a very very individually driven by what that person thinks the the financial independence looks like. Yeah, you could have twenty thousand in your bank and feel you got um, personal independence around. Your finances, where someone else think I've only got twenty thousand pound, I can't even yeah. breathe. Yeah. So it's never about what the number is. And yeah. Look, at some level, it is obviously you need you need a certain number to have that independence, but it depends on your lifestyle. Yeah. So if you someone like like you you're living now in the Hamptons, right? Mm-hmm. Which is one of the most you know exclusive part of America. So the value living in the Hamptons of financial independence will be different to someone who's living in, in a small town in America. Yeah. What's the difference? Is the relationship with it. So the then mindset. what what would the relationship be? So the mindset would be, you know, there's a there's a level of wealth in the, the sort of the community of the Hamptons that's been created, right? So yeah. The people with that type of mentality will be, you know, there'll be inherited money. It'll be business. It'll be, you know, you know, the rock stars, the the movie makers, whatever it looks like, right? That's a different conversation if you go down to small town America where they probably have 
one third but feel rich. Mm-hmm. So we're still going back to one thing here. We're still going back to your relationship, but also your environment definitely dictates, right? So if I'm living yeah. in Donegal, you're living in the Hamptons. The cost for me in Donegal to live, I'm going to have, you know, I, I'm quicker to have financial independence because it would cost less. Less. Yeah. If we had both the same jobs, example. We both earn yeah. the same money. But the value of my money is going to change purely from where, I, where I'm living to where you're living. Yeah. So it's circumstances, relationship, and emotional connection with it. And a lot, you know, a lot of people are like you. They want the answer. People are looking for the answers, yeah. right? Well, I, I, it's not, it's not the answer. It's kind of like something to like work towards. Because yeah. I know what, like my mindset right now is scarcity. Yes. Like there's, ne- there's never enough. Yeah. So how, like, is it abundance I strive for? No, it's your personal relationship. Like it's your, it's your own belief system. You know, the money comes once you sh- shift your, your belief system and your, your conversation about it. So, so the first question that? I would ask, why do you think there's no money? Why do you think, you know, where did, where did you learn that process? Where did you learn that belief system? Yeah, I, I learned it in my childhood, which I've yeah, done quite yeah. a bit of work and on. Community. And community. So it was, it's and really community, yeah. where I came from, yeah. all that kind yeah. of stuff. So it's just, so now it's reprogramming that. But yeah. I still think I'm a little bit, tied into the scarcity mindset with not knowing how to move forward. But you won't see because it's so locked into that. Mm. Your mindset's so locked into the past. There's no room for you to see anything beyond that. That's your transference projection onto the world with money from the past conversation you're in that you've inherited. So that's all you see. And until that's transformed, there's no way you will see anything beyond um, freedom around it. So then I have, so I have to change my belief system because that's belief one of the things we brought up. One. So then how do I connection. change my belief system? To go back and see what's not working. So look at the belief system that has you where you're at right now. The scarcity conversation. Not, you know, not having the money you want in the bank. Not having yeah. the, the freedom and the lifestyle. That's all down to, it's all the money in the world is there for you as well as everybody else. Yeah. And there's enough for everybody. That's the thing. There's some, there's there's more than enough, right? Yeah. But we don't think like that. Why? Because you're programmed not to. So is that the mindset I should be striving for? There's enough in the world for me. You won't believe that. But is that what I work towards? That's that's the belief system you really want to free yourself up to. Which is abundance and... Abundance, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. And no attachment, right? Yeah. No attachment is always the key to anything. The more we attach ourselves to something, the more more tighter that becomes, the more thinking shuts down, the emotion gets all, you know, all into the, the young age stuff. Yeah, because a lot of the stuff I worked on in the um, a seminar, the money seminar, yeah. was like logging into my bank account and yeah. looking at the number and all of, all of a sudden I'd be in like a spiral. Yeah. 
So then that happens I'm, a lot, yeah. Which what? That happens a lot for people, you know? Yeah. So you're impacted by a number in your bank account. Whereas in no, that right. moment, yeah. you know, in that moment, there's really not like logically and rationally, there's no danger, but yet you set yourself up for mm. the feeling of what what danger, spiral and anxiety, fear, mm. worry about all the potential things that could happen. Sure. But do you know, can we go just, just reverse back to the point where you look at the number? Mm. Then you make a decision to be anxious. Yeah. So we don't know, doesn't it? Um, and it might not be, no, so it's not the number. It's the, it's the reaction to the number. Yeah. Because, you know, look, look in the bank, I've got a thousand pound, right? Okay. One of the, one of the reactions could be, oh, I must earn some more money. Yeah. It's, not, it's only on a, it's an information, right? Is that a healthy reaction there? Like how I would say, non- I would say as a as a healthier reaction, a f- more freer reaction than, as you say, like everything spirals. You go into panic, anxious, okay. right? Can you see the difference? Oh my yeah. god, yeah. Oh look, so I've got a thousand <laughs> pound now. I have to, you know, that I need to do something about that. Yeah. So change it into possibility and action rather than like spiraling and ruminating. Or fact, just facts. Facts. Take the emotion out of it. Okay. And and, it's, and I'm not saying it's easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you got to pay the rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, and also, I think a big one, you know, when it comes to that sort of behavior, the fearful behavior, a big one is really powerful is responsibility. No, I don't mean I don't mean responsibility and oh, response. If you're responsible, you're a good person, and you're not responsible, you're a bad person. But responsibility as in, inside of your response to that. So how do I need to respond to this number? Mm. Okay, so look, you know what? I'm going to make a. I need to make a few changes here. I need to make get myself, you know look in different directions and you, you know whatever it looks like you know you need to go onto the inquiry rather than into the fear and then tumbling as you say into a spiral effect which is not powerful as you know yeah and it's not useful yeah but a lot of us live there yeah yeah interesting yeah so that's kind of one that's like I guess the, yeah the scarcity one that's, right? that's one scarcity so yeah. then let's talk about and I know if Gemma was here, she'd be fine with us discussing hmm. her, like her, like thing on money. She's talked about this before is like, she puts no value on money. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to come and that, that is like, you said that that is a relationship, but like, she's like, I just always have it because I don't yeah. put any value on it. Yeah. But you said again, that is a certain. That's, that's also a survival pattern, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's like, so that's what I'm saying to you. It's all down. We've got to really check in and see what is that relationship look like, right? So what, how she does it, she, she um, anyone, right? Not just saying she, Gemma, right? But yeah. anyone that's doing that behavior, oh, I've got enough money, it's fine. It always, it'll always come. It's, in, it's not what they're saying, but it's in the reaction to it as well. It's the same reaction. Mm. 
different version of it, but same reaction. Now, mm-hmm. the question will be, is that matching up to where you want your life to go? Yeah. Different conversation. And that's going to be yes or no. You know how practical and sort of, you know, straightforward it can be? Yeah. But, you know, it takes work. One of the things I want to say as well is, is what I see, the difference between men and women's relationship with as well. I'm not saying it's better, worse. Any of that, some men are really caught up with trying to, was it being their self-esteem? They value themselves for money. Their self-worth has become not just the money, but how successful they are. And, you know, you can see people, men with low self-esteem because they're judging themselves of another man who's really successful. Who's able to provide and, you know, provide like... The, his family can get a lifestyle. Yeah. So it's all very external. How they sort of view money. Yeah. Where women are very different. Women have a relationship with money from shame. And I was I was talking earlier about, you know, I have clients and they're, you know, they've got really professional jobs. And I, I'm, the minute I ask them, how much money do you earn a year? It gets weird. And all I've asked them is, how much money do you have, you know, earn per year? Now, it's really bizarre because I see if they're not on so much money. That's not such a big problem to talk about. But if they're on the sort of the 70, the 100,000 upwards, it becomes really difficult for them, for them to have that conversation. So it's really, it's really interesting to watch the two in particular between men and women different approaches and belief systems. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the level of shame women have around it. Actually earning it. Like we said, you'd probably ask them a question about their sex life. They'd be able to answer quicker than. <laughs> that's what I was saying to you earlier. No, no, that's not a yeah. problem. <laughs> that's not so weird. But when it comes to money, that's a very weird conversation with people. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see how much, you know, there's there's so much, you know, there's so much um needs to be developed in the in the line of the relationship with money. I don't see people have a lot of healthy relationships with it. It looks like it, but you know, when you start to scratch the surface, it's, it's not. not. It's not. And then one last thing, yeah. um relate our money in relationships. So I think this is really important yeah. and like from the stuff that I read and mm-hmm. it's like it's one of the biggest conversations that you have to have in a relationship with somebody. Yes. And it's one of those uncomfortable ones, mm. but the outcome, it's something you can't ignore yeah. with it, with Very a partner mm. because it's two belief systems coming together to now form one in terms of a partnership and a family and mm-hmm. how you support and provide. Mm. And like just, an, I was talking to a couple one time and we just threw out the figure of 5,000 and like to her, it's that's not enough. And to yeah. him, that's enough. Yeah. And then it's like, how do you manage that expectation on each other? Yeah. And how do you meet the needs in terms of money within a relationship? So mm-hmm. what would you say? 
to that? Well, first of all, what I would say now we got now it gets more even more complex, right? Yeah, we got two different belief systems, two different family history um, belief systems coming in, and maybe even two. You know, if, if one's Irish, some some other countries, another it's another nation coming in and their belief system, which you probably. <laughs> You've got your hands up, right? <laughs> got my hands full with that one. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. Because Meryl, like my partner, his relationship with money is completely different to me. Yeah. Because he was brought up, you know, in a country and a time where money was, like he was brought up in the Middle, Middle East where money was really, like money was, a very different conversation to what we had in Ireland. And also the time he he was born, his father got really rich. So he's, he hasn't come from scarcity. Mm-hmm. Where in my home, my dad died. Me and my mom, we had to provide, like my mom had to provide for me. She wasn't working, but she had to provide for me and, and I know, and get help. She probably didn't get much help, but, you know, my, we love my brother, which was a help, but, you know, the financial security was gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like you. No, I have got a very hairy <laughs> relationship with money. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, look, it's really interesting how then we navigate that relationship. Yeah, well, it was a big conversation for us at the start, which I didn't, yeah. like, I was kind of just, especially with my partner, just not touching it, not going there. Mm. Just like, uh, what? We don't need to. And then until mm. you were here and you were like, you got to be honest and talk yeah. to him about this. Yeah. Like if it's, if you want to move forward, like it has to be an open conversation, mm. but I was coming to the conversation with say maybe shame or fear or exactly. worry or, past, or yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and I had to kind of let go of all that mm. and just be like honest and then yeah. see, and then, it still is an uncomfortable conversation mm. in our relationship to this yeah. day. And for we both? still bicker. For both. For both, yeah. yeah. Well, for me, I'm going to mm. say for me. Mm-hmm. We still bicker. Mm. Um, but just like kind of our mindsets. But then again, look, it's it could, it could we could get so deep But you know, you just brought me to a very, very interesting point. It probably is for every relationship a very, very interesting point of conflict or whatever it looks like. Yeah. And you see, it's like, that's how strong the money conversation is in relationship yeah. with relationships. And it's something that's not right or wrong. It's a, it's a meeting in the middle. Yeah. yeah it's like an course. understanding. Mm. But like for some relationships, it, like it could end a relationship and you don't even know it. Oh my God. I would say most of the divorces, there's a huge sort of input of the financial you know, when, when when people lose their finances, see, say whenever there's a recession, all there's a way more divorces and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has a big impact on relationships and divorce. You know. So so yeah, we probably can go on all day on this one. You yeah, know? we could totally. <laughs> <laughs> We've only just scratched the surface. What advice from a therapist for relationships and money? Would you say just have the conversation, or what would you say? Communication communication all day long and then you know get where each other's coming from and how different now I've learned a lot from my partner he's yeah. changed my mindset a lot because he had the opposite to me yeah um so I you know and you know 
look at which person do you think has the more healthier relationship with the money and maybe learn the other person learn a bit more from that and you know look at what works with the relationship not what your opinion or his opinion look at what you need to do with the financial and what works for both you know but down to communication and generosity yeah. Generosity and an understanding of your own relationship before you like decide to come at the other person. Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Before you go into any conversation, you gotta do the homework. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So maybe we'll return to this conversation in the in the future, Kira. And we'll Yeah, for sure. um, Yeah, so good luck with everyone in this relationship with money and I hope you get lots and lots of money in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Rebellious Therapist Podcast. For more information, you can follow me, the Rebellious Therapist, on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can find further information on my website, therebellioustherapist.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.